Like most of our episodes, there will be unbleeped language as you listen. This episode also includes a conversation about sex. This is Grown Up and Grounded, a podcast where two women, a mother and a daughter, talk about everything. Hey everyone, today's episode is bits and pieces of previous conversations that Kate and I have had that were never used in any episode. So we hope you enjoy, and as always, thank you for listening. On that note, we should get started, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. Let's rock and roll. Burning daylight here, lady. (laughs) I know, we have so much to do. Did you see that I posted on Instagram? No. Well, I posted on Instagram. I listened to the episode where you were supposed to edit out calling me out for not posting on Instagram and you didn't edit it out. <laughs> um, is that where you were like, you're going to edit this out and I left it in there? Yes. You know, at one point it may have been out and then I had a glitch. I don't know. I, it's like I listened to him like three or four times and it just gets overwhelming. Or maybe I left it in to be funny. I don't know. I'm going to say you a bitch. <laughs> I am. It's fine. Uh, Anyways, it's press cool. report on this bitch. I did already. Let's I got go. you calling me a bitch several times. Oh, that will good. be. In I can't the wait for that to be a blooper. Shoot. <laughs> Do all your friends call you Kate? Yeah. Does anybody call you Katie Bug? Uh, I have one old coworker that calls me Katie Bug because. She overheard, I think she overheard Danae call me Katie Bug one of the times that Danae visited me at work mm-hmm. and it stuck. Uh, she thought that it was hilarious. So she, it, yeah, it stuck. But I, I made her swear. I said, you can call me Katie Bug whenever you want, but you can't tell anybody else that that's my nickname. So she's the only one that gets to call so me So how Katie do you Bug. avoid other people hearing you, her call you Katie Bug? Oh, she only does it like when it's just the two of us. Okay. Well, now or every- in a text message or something. Oh well, now everyone knows. Now everybody knows. Yeah, <laughs> Katie Bug is my nickname. <laughs> I do have people that call me Captain Kate still. Sometimes that was my nickname in high school, and then a few people still call me that. A few friends. Because mm. nice. I'm still the president of any group, leader of any group I'm put into. You 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 force it. Does that equate being the favorite to you? Is that like the same thing? <laughs> Maybe I never really thought about it like that, but. I think that it leads more back to my need for control over every situation and how being the lead, even when I try and take a step back, I mean, it just ultimately, I can't, I, I can't stay quiet. So ultimately I just kind of arise as, as the leader. In a, in so a how does that work in relationships? If you feel like you have to be in control, do you have, do you find yourself drawn to other people that want to be in control, but then in the end it ends up being a clash or do you find yourself drawn to people that let you take the the lead in the relationship or do you feel like you're drawn to people that balance you out like they want to control certain things that you don't care about and vice versa well okay so this is a really difficult question for me because as you know um I have been in you were in a long-term relationship I was in a very long-term relationship yeah uh, and in that situation, he definitely let me take control whenever I felt like I wanted to. And if I didn't want to, then he was happy to kind of take control. So mm-hmm. it was relatively balancing, I would say. Uh, very rarely did it annoy him that I wanted to take control of most things. Uh, 
So that was nice, but it was also unhealthy because I got to the point of obviously expecting to have control over everything and it would really like throw me for a loop when that wasn't the case. So obviously that, uh, you know, kind of turned into a problem. And then my relationship after that, I feel like we balanced each other out very well in the sense that if I was starting to get a little too over the top with like my controlling and planning, he was very good about telling me to kind of chill out sometimes Mm -hmm. in a nice way and sometimes in a not so nice way. But either way, uh, it kind of kept me in check because he was very much the kind of go with the flow person. He didn't really plan a lot of things. He was very uh, easygoing. So it was easy for me to take control of a lot of situations because he it wasn't really his thing anyways. Um, and now I'm single. So now I don't really know what I'm attracted to or looking for. Because those, I mean, I've been in a relationship with two people really for the last... God, I don't Sometime. even want to say how long it's been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny because I'll tell you a funny story. Is So dad pretty much defers to me to be in charge. Um, but he's very much in charge at work. So maybe he's just exhausted by that. Um, but our relationship has kind of always been where he defers to me. Uh-huh. But so one time, I mean, this is a long time ago, probably 10, 12 years ago. Um, I decided to switch phone plans. <laughs> like, uh-huh. like we maybe we had AT&T and I switched to MCI or something like that. Not to be uh-huh. a brand dropper. Uh, but just as an example. And he literally lost his mind. <laughs> he was so upset that I would make a decision like that <laughs> without checking with him. And I think that story pretty much summarizes the story of our relationship is every now and then he'll surprise me and it will, something will really bother him <laughs> and he'll just be like, what? Yeah. Or even like driving. He hates drive. He wants me to drive. But then... We always, almost always, fight when I drive because he watches how the speed limit. If I put he's my a blinker, very big backseat driver. <laughs> if I put my blinker on to change lanes, he'll check for you know he checks. Um, it, he'll tell me why you're driving this way. Oh, you should park yeah. over here, or and it's just like, no, I'm driving. I'm gonna do this. It's just it's a very funny because he's very yeah. wishy washy that way, or yeah, so. It's kind of funny. But, yeah, it was pretty funny. He, I mean, I had to switch the phone company back because he, it was just so unnerving to him that I mm-hmm. would even consider doing that without <laughs> checking with him. Yeah, he's a, he's a funny guy. Yeah, it's just every round of, you just, you just never know. You can't, you can't guess. You can't think you know yeah. how it's going to be because some days. Or you will have Every a whole conversation about something, and then the next day he'll have totally changed his whole mind. His whole mindset will be different, and you're yeah. just like, I'm exhausted. But yeah. That does happen. It does happen. I'm definitely thinking a lot about, like, how women are gaslighted, and, like, the whole idea of women being crazy is really only comes about from men gaslighting us. Mm-hmm. Yes. We might need to be careful with that because I, um, I could see myself getting a little too passionate there. Well, I'm just telling you that it's really, it's really screwing with my head because of the whole doctor thing, because mm-hmm. now I'm like, 
Am I hypochondriac? Am I just imagining my pain? Like, maybe it's not that big of a deal. Maybe he's right. And I just think that, like, it messes with you. And all it would take is for him to just change a couple of the way he says things to me or said things to uh-huh. me for me to not feel like I'm absolutely crazy. Here's what I think. I think that it reminds me a lot of um, what we talked about with Nanette, actually, when she was talking about how being sensitive and, like, empathetic to other people's feelings is a strength. But that's not a strength that men feel the need to develop, which leaves you in a situation like this where they don't even think about what they're saying. They don't think about how that would impact you because they don't care. Versus as a woman, obviously being a little stereotypical here, but like as a woman or your average woman, they're going to think about the way that they're perceived more. It gives you more emotional intelligence. I don't know. I hope you're still recording because I think that that was gold and I need that. Okay. I am still recording. I haven't hit stop. The other thing though is just like, you know, you hear all these articles about women saying how they have to fight for their health care. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't, I don't know what it is about people just blowing off what women say about their bodies. Like we're way more in tune with our bodies than men are in general. And yet when we come with a complaint, they're like, eh. I mean, I think that it's a side effect of society saying repeatedly that women's problems aren't valid problems, you know, like it's, it's subtle. Right. right. But no, it's, it's, like, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, it's like one of those things like you don't think about the bigger impact until you're in a situation like this. Right. Or until someone, you know, is in a situation like this. That's kind of crazy. Like this isn't a problem that men have. Men don't feel the, feel like they have to argue with their doctors about their health care. But they would also just take what their doctor said for, for what it is. Very few men are going to second guess their doctor either. Or they're not even going to go to the doctor. I mean, but don't you, I mean, I, I, why, okay. Why do you think that is? Which I don't necessarily disagree with you. Like why, why do you think it is that they wouldn't second guess their doctor? Because they see them as their peer. Or they see them even as a little bit above them, depending on what their career is, like, because they're educated. But I don't think men question their doctors as much as women do either. So you're saying that maybe doctors are giving equal treatment to men and women, but women are just taking it differently? No. Um, I, I think it's a combination of both. I think that... I think that doctors are used to men taking their word for it. So as soon as a woman starts to question whatever they're saying or explaining, no, I know my body, this isn't what you're, you're, that's not how that feels, or this isn't normal how this feels, or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just like the whole thing with menstruating. Like I get menstruation is the thing we go through every month, but it's hard. You have to sit there and go through hoops to explain to a doctor that what you're experiencing is heavy menstruation to where your life isn't livable mm-hmm. because they think you're just exaggerating. Like they don't mm-hmm. one, they've never had blood coming out of their body, but two, like you have to 
because I had this struggle for so long, like convincing them, no, this is like not normal. Like I can't like be on my period and sneeze. I can't be on my period and go to work without, or get dressed without thinking this is going to get ruined. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. not normal. That's not how, I mean, it's, and then you read when they say, this is how much blood flow you're supposed to have in a month and, or in a, in a day. And you're just like, well, who got these numbers? Because that's never what I have. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I think it's back to the original question. I think they're just used to, they don't take women seriously. And then there's that combined thing of if we start questioning them, it's very frustrating for them mm-hmm. because a better portion of their male patients and maybe even some of their female patients, because a lot of people don't question their doctors because it can be intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, they just get frustrated. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it would have been really easy to make this not be the case. But now I'm mm-hmm. like second guessing myself. Like maybe I am crazy. Maybe it is nothing. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's weird. And the funny thing is, is like doctors want you to tell them if you're being abused at home and stuff. And then like, like if I was being abused at home after this experience with this doctor, I wouldn't tell him. Mm -hmm. Like this is why people don't tell their medical professionals. If you can't believe that my pain is real, why would I think you believe that I'm being abused at home? Yeah. That's an excellent point, Mom. The following clip is the ending of a conversation where Kate and I were frustrated with one another, maybe an argument. I don't know how you would clarify it, but we had started out talking and we're preparing to record. And in the end, we couldn't record because it was just no good. Check it out. Yeah, I guess I just imagine you to be more um, open in your assessment of others. I'm not a very nice person. <laughs> I mean, I who who knew? <laughs> this is comes I as did. A, this comes as a shock to me. I don't see you like that. So it, it ultimately doesn't really matter. I think you you made this a bigger deal than it necessarily needed to be because I am a bitch, but I'm still a nice, good person. I'm I'm never going to be needlessly cruel or mean or. No, give someone I'm not a cold shoulder. I just, so, it just is surprising to me. I don't know. Just that uh, I'm not as open as you thought I was. Maybe. And just that this is what a, a almost 30 looks like, I guess. Uh, All right. Can we, can we record though? Because like I have to go to sleep. <laughs> fine. Fine. My bad. Yeah, you're bad. That's right. I did nothing. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't deal with you right now. (sighs) Uh Uh-oh. I set off the toe and I messed it up. (laughs) The vibe is all off. Yeah, I'm like... Call it off. Record tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't get past it. <laughs> I'm just saying like, you're going to be laying in bed at night like what the fuck is wrong with my daughter? 
Oh my God. At Galentine's, I was cracking up with you. Like, Oh, I don't want to know. You already know. I've talked to you about all of my dirty sex stuff. <laughs> the only no, thing I haven't talked something... to you about is the anal. And that's because that's very new. Which is funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do remember you saying, I never thought because I... Because I've always been so anti, because I have always been anti. I, wait, that's something I you never told I have always me. been against it. Yeah, and that's something I didn't know. And uh, Because yeah. why? Like, it's not made for that. That's not, that's not where that goes. Like, don't... Um, it just depends on what boy you ask, because they would say otherwise. I, I mean, yeah, for sure. And why do they, I mean, I know why they like it so much, but why do they like it so much? <laughs> Dear God, just leave me alone. But the sex is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I really don't need specifics about specific boys because I want to be able to look at them and not think about that when I look at them. So that's fair. I won't elaborate. I was about to, but I won't. And yeah, I mean, I don't think you want me to talking about anal sex with dad to you. That would be awkward. So do you have anal sex with dad? <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like you would have an easier time identifying as something else because you did live in the Philippines yeah so like you could even though you look white I mean we look olive skinned like we don't look right. like white white but um, we definitely look like white tanned white people yeah but like you could I say you're Filipino because you have that experience like I was definitely raised like, there's no other culture that I was raised with. Right. I, I can't say, like, I tell people, yes, I'm Filipino, I'm Native American, I'm Greek, and that's true, I am all of those things, but I don't, I am a white person because I wasn't raised with any part of that culture. I can't right. identify as exactly. that. So, yeah, which is so, I mean, I think that's the sad thing is, like, feeling, like, I have friends that are Greek, and they do so many, like, they go to Greek festivals, and they cook Greek food, and, like. I feel like we really missed out on that because dad doesn't have any of his Greek heritage. Mm-hmm. Like, none of his family lived that way either. It's really kind of sad that we've lost that. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree. I mean, it feels almost like a missed opportunity of, like... Um, Knowing your heritage. Yeah. Totally. Having a heritage. But I think that's part of the thing. Like, us growing up, like, there wasn't... It wasn't that big of a thing. Like, you just identified as white. Like, that, maybe that was, like, the preferred thing. I mean, in hindsight, I feel like that was probably it. But, you know, for me, looking at a, a thing where you check boxes was, like, a joke. Like, I'm I'm a little bit of that. I'm a little bit of that. Like, even when they expanded them. Like, well, I'm, like, a little. Yeah. Um, America's a melting pot, though, right? I mean, that's. Right, but they've gotten away from that terminology. But, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's the thing. It's, like, I'm literally that like the definition of the great American melting pot got native American, English, Scottish, probably some Irish, Filipino. I mean, that's what I can think of right off the top of my head. Just like so many different. And I'm on dad's side. He's got Greek. He's got Irish. Pretty much Greek. Mm. I thought he had a little bit more. Both of his parents are Greek. And I think there's some Irish in there because O'Keefe. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but I also wasn't raised with even in the, any native American or, uh, the Filipino culture because of that dynamic. And you had those the the most, really. Yeah. But you did live in the Philippines. We did. So there's that. 
but I lived as the same thing. I mean, not as a part of a culture, as a visitor to the culture. Mm. You there for a while, though, weren't you? Mm-hmm. You gonna elaborate on that or just say? Oh. <laughs> well, it was when I was pretty little. I mean, we went back and visited when my dad was still there, but so it was probably like preschool to kindergarten that I was there because mm. I think I attended first grade here. Mm. So I don't even, I don't even know years, but yeah, it was a few years we lived there. We lived on base. Oh, that's right. Because my dad was a civilian traveling, working for the military. So we lived on base. And then when we went back and visited, my dad lived off base. And so we had that experience, which is a completely different experience. Like living on base is like going to camp and living off base is like real life. Yeah, I would imagine. But I mean, like my recollection, I think part of that too, like I saw... A lot of different things like poverty, but even just like you realize people are washing their clothes in the river. Saw that, mm-hmm. like, realize, wow, I have a washing machine that I put my clothes into, and they're like beating their clothes on rocks. Um, those kind of things, just interesting. Dig, I saw yeah. little kids like my age and younger digging through garbage cans for food. I remember the first time I ever saw someone digging through a garbage can for food. Like, I remember how much that stayed with me. Like, wow, the things you take for granted. That's how I felt. Like, I would never do that. Even yeah, if I would. had to. Yeah, you would, though. That's the thing. So if you were starving, you would. You All of a sudden, it all goes out the window. Like, desperation. I mean, I guess that's true. I have no idea what it's like to be in that situation. And I'm so thankful for that, but. I mean, I was also young when I saw that. I mean, she was an adult, though, that I saw digging through the trash. Um, But that's the thing, too. kids, I mean, that would be a whole other level, especially if it's kids your age. Yeah, totally. But I think that's the thing that happens with privilege is, like, you you don't understand what desperation does. Yeah. Like, in a nutshell. Like, even when people talk about abortion, I think you have no idea what it would... Like, to me, what I think is, you have no idea what it means to be, I can't feed another mouth, I can't take care of another mouth, I can't, like, how how having a child could impact every aspect of your life and you're not ready to mentally or physically deal with that. Like, to me, that's a desperation. And I'm not saying that's the only reason people get abortions, but I'm saying for someone to be so against abortion, I feel like that's a, a concept that they can't understand. Definitely. Just that side, that aspect of it. So much that they're willing to make it illegal and put those people, same people they seem to care about lives at risk. I mean, it's de- they, that's a whole other subject. They dehumanize the, the audience, right? Like that's, that's, that's the way that people distance themselves from things is they don't think of them as, as actual human beings with lives going through these things, which is why when you have those moments where you see that a glimpse, I feel like that's why it's so impactful. Cause like you saw kids right. that have lives and you got a glimpse of that as they were, you know, doing anything that they could to try and stay alive. I don't know. That's, that's, but there are some people who just can't even fathom the idea of being so desperate. You would do something that you, even, even you personally, like if I'm the person doing the desperate thing, like that I found appalling five years ago and now all of a sudden it's just like people who tell other people how to parent and then like that don't have kids. And then like, you're trying to get a good night's sleep. Guess what? Everybody's in your bed because that's all you care about is trying to get an hour of sleep, mm-hmm. you know, but like, don't let them sleep in your bed. I mean, that's just a perfect example of how you just, you think things are one way and then you live through it and then it's 
not quite that way where you see it. And that's why people are so um, into post-apocalyptic type stories, right? Because then everyone is, is on the same in, is in that level of desperation where it's like you people are almost like almost glorified that thought process. But at least when it comes to those movies and the obsession with these movies is like you glorify that thought process of like, what would it be like and what would I have to do? And it's almost kind of gross to me to see people that are like obsessed with that because people live that now. The and you don't care. Yeah. I mean, not that the, all those people that are into that don't care. Like, but you know what I mean? It's like, there are people that have to live that now and we don't have to go through an apocalypse to see that level of desperation. You just have to go through an apocalypse to see that level of desperation but for everyone. It goes back to that whole thing is people assume it's a choice. Yeah. I mean, and that's the distancing, Whereas, right? That's like, the dehumanizing yeah. and the distancing. Well, it's the cognitive distance, dissonance. They don't realize they're distancing themselves. Yeah. They just assume that if you're that way, that was a personal choice. Because yeah. we live in an economy and a world where you can make yourself out of anything and everybody's on an equal playing field and can become superstars. And that's just not, that's the line of BS we were fed in school. And- Check out our new website, grownupandgrounded.com. You can even email us from there, and we would love to hear from you. If you like Grown Up and Grounded, please leave us a review on whatever platform you're using. This will help other people find our podcast. As always, we want to give a big shout out to Dave Depper, who provides the music we use in our episodes. The song you're listening to is titled Can Can 2, and we got it from the Free Music Archive. You can check out Dave at davedepper.com. I didn't, I mean, I obviously didn't mean for any of that to happen, but hey, it was, it was good mother-daughter time right there. That was a genuine shit. <laughs> That's what we should talk about. This was unfucking scripted y'all. This is just what our conversations are like. You're fucking welcome. I don't know. I think there are so many people that would rather not talk about the stuff we talk about. That's probably true.